Hello and welcome to the fourth edition of the Ten Point Podcast, a podcast in which we watch, discuss and rate movies. And for the first episode, I can mention we have our social media presence up and running. Andy, you are the social media person for the podcast. Tell us how people can reach us, can contact us and can follow along with us. Uh, you can go on our Facebook page. So you just go onto Facebook and type in at Ten Point Podcast as well as Twitter, and you can also find us on Podbean, and hopefully Spotify as well. And Twitter hopefully coming soon. I'm going to set something up on Twitter for us, since that's my social media channel of choice. And hopefully going forward, when you hear the podcast, you can interact with us, you can tell us about what you thought of the last episode, any burning questions like I often have as we go through some of these weird movies that we're forced to watch (laughs) and give us your weird questions and we can see if we can answer them and maybe even give us your thoughts on what the next episode is going to be. Say we say that the next episode is going to be Tank Girl, let us know what you think and uh, we'll maybe read some out at the beginning. The beginning of the podcast is hopefully going to be the social media sort of, I don't know, social media section and we'll, yeah, we'll talk. nobody's ever going to yeah. be able to find out what Chris's pick is because he's so it's random. getting settled in it's getting, it's getting settled. destroyed is it locked in is it ready for the end is it you have locked in <laughs> I've got it down to like four right, right, so, right. so all the way, it's going to be a variable goalpost all the way through this on what you're actually right, okay. <laughs> God. So yeah, uh, so yeah, social media is up and running, and hopefully at this point everyone will be listening to us. We have done a few. Uh, the first few podcasts have been in a block. We'll, we'll look in behind the curtain a little bit. We're in a block, so we've not had much in the way of toing and froing with the interaction. So hopefully uh, going forward we can have some people speaking to us about things. Uh, but before we move on to this episode's uh, movie, uh, I've got a quick point of reflection on the last episode, as in on the last edition. Andy did his follow-up to Doom, which was episode two. Uh, so I've got, I haven't gone and watched the sequel to Napoleon Dynamite, i.e. that animated series that they did. But something I forgot to bring up on the last episode was, I think Chris and I were, one of our favourite points of the movie was uh, Napoleon's interactions with Tina the llama out in the yard. So I did a bit of digging to find out uh, what you in fact should feed your pet llama, because Napoleon's choices of ham at one point and what appeared to be a casserole <laughs> struck me as, as a bit unusual. Um, so I found that llamas are in fact herbivores, as an all the kind of camel family, as it were, are 100% herbivores. So therefore, feed your llama, if you ever have one, grass, plants, or hay. That's what they would like to eat. Uh, you uh, can feed them some fruit, I think, might be uh, a, kind of a nice sort of and it's a treat for your pet llama, but uh, herbivores only, no casseroles, nothing with ham in it whatsoever. Aww. <laughs> so, our um, onto our episode this week. So, the podcast series so far has been swell, but the swelling has gone down, so it's time for <laughs> Tank Girl. It's the year 2033. There's no law. No mercy. You're gonna really love this one. Bang. And no water. There are three million liters of water underneath the blue dunes, and you will retrieve it. The odds of survival are a thousand to one. And that's just the way she likes it. My, my. Talented. Isn't she? Hi! Feeling a little inadequate? She'll be fun to break. I like pain. 
Lori Petty. Did I hurt you yet? Ice T. Turn this boat around, and you're gonna get us off kill. And Malcolm McDowell. Just how many of my men did you kill? United Artists Pictures presents. Just say, I won. I won. Tank Girl. What's it like knowing you're about to die? You don't My name is Bruce, and all the King's Horses and all the King's Men wish they had the podcast panel that I have with me today. First, the army tried to build the ultimate soldier, so they messed with the kangaroo DNA and created Chris. Good day. (laughs) (laughs) And we wanted his services, and we paid his fee of 100,000 litres. It's Andy. What's up, my peeps? And what exactly did we pay you uh, in? What, what, what was your 100,000 litre demand to come on the podcast today, Andy? I reckon fuel. Right, that shit's expensive these days. <laughs> Is that what would get you? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe I was thinking it might be lager, might be vodka. Might that's, be what else. that's what yeah, I was looking for. I could I sell was... some of my fuel. I'm never going to use that amount of fuel. So I could sell some of it to get my lager. Because I'm never going to drink that amount of beer before it goes off. So I'm thinking smart here. Thinking smart. I like it. <laughs> uh, all in favour of crumpets and tea, say aye. 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 All in favour of running through the 10 points of discussion and rating a movie out of 10 points, say aye. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on to point number one. Point number one is, what is the point? And the point today is we are reviewing Tank Girl, the 1995 Action sci-fi comedy. That's how I've, I've put it in that genre. Uh, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Does anyone have anything they want to add? Uh, maybe take out the comedy part of it. Oh, <laughs> I know this is going already. Jesus, hell. <laughs> carry on. was meant to be a comedy. Uh, I'm not sure how well it landed. Uh, Tank Girl, a film in which a girl in a dystopian future uh, on Earth teams with her friends and a tank to take on a corporation that controls the planet's water supply. Uh, I think that's the best kind of one-sentence summary of the film. Uh, I feel like there's going to be sections of the film that are going to probably be heavily talked about on the podcast that don't fit into the synopsis as such, but (laughs) that's what I've gone for. A film directed by Rachel Talele, or Talale, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce. Uh, I've looked through her filmography, and she's famous for Tank Girl, which was her third and final feature film, and for Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which was the first feature she directed. Uh, any horror movie fans want to tell me about Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare? I've never watched it. No, I don't even seen the first one properly. <laughs> I've had that to list now as well. All right, okay, so the entirety of Nightmare on Elm Street is now on the list. Yep. Uh, however, Rachel Talili has directed episodes of... <clears throat> let, let, let me a second before I go through all these... Episodes of Ali McBeal, Without a Trace, The Division, Cold Case, Supernatural, Haven, Sherlock, Doctor Who, Sabrina, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl, The Flash, American Gods, and many others. Quite a TV catalogue she's got there in terms of episodes. I love as well. I could see that I watched this film. This could have been broken up into a TV series. So I could see... That's definitely coming up in point number seven for me is the potential of what you are talking about right there. Yes, uh, points. 
the film <laughs> film was written by Teddy Sarafian or Sarafian, who did the story for the very underrated and often criticised Terminator Three, uh, based on the British comic strip created by Alan Martin and Jamie Hewlett. I did not realise it was a British thing uh, when watching it. It was obviously an Australian influence, but I didn't realise that it was in fact a British comic strip. Yeah, I kind of assumed with all the British references and the accents you kept putting on, you kept talking about like scones and stuff. She had slipped into at least a couple of various times when she was impersonating, I don't know, one part of her personality. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the film stars Laurie Petty as the tank girl. Um, most famous for her is this tank girl, Point Break, A League of Their Own and Free Willy. It's all very, very early 90s. Like, everything's in 91 to 95. Uh, but she has had a bit of a comeback, as it were, in Orange is the New Black. Uh, she's been in that. Yeah, that's where I know her from. I don't, think I've, don't think I've got that far in Orange is the New Black. I'm only a couple of seasons into it, so I think she might be later. But she does. She has had Laurie Petty a lot of work in animations, because she has got... That's something I, as she was through the film, I could tell she had this voice, and she was... I could see her being a cartoon, like a real-life cartoon. So I think it, it works very well for animation. Hmm. Normally around this stage, I would do a kind of, I don't know, a sort of career look at the star of the movie, but I've pretty much covered Laurie Petty with what we've talked about. So I took a little look at Naomi Watts, because to me, she's kind of like the, the, the movie star of this. Now, Malcolm McDowell's something special, but, and he, he is who he is, but I thought Naomi Watts, to me, her name stuck out as that's a, as someone who would, you would sell a movie on. This was 1995, this move, movie was made. She didn't really get her big breakthrough till about the year 2000 with Mulholland Drive, is uh, what I could pick out from her uh, yeah. back catalogue. And then I thought... I was going to say, this must be one of her first films. It wasn't yeah. far off, it. yeah. She, she had a run well, in she, either Home and Away or Neighbours. I was going to say Home and Away, I think it is. Yeah. But um, to me, she's a movie star. And this is like the top of her... The, her top films that I could find were Mulholland Drive, The Ring 1 and 2... 21 Grams, The Assassination of Richard Nixon, I Heart Huckabees, King Kong, The Impossible, and Birdman. And that is like her top films in terms of, like, I don't know, having been publicised and made money and been successful. It's like, that's not the greatest, I don't know, the greatest IMDb page, really, is it? No, not really. I'd put the blame in this film, maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> we have this is Napoleon Diamond all over again here. <laughs> the rest of the decade after she made it, yeah, because she did nothing else in the 90s that was any sort of magnitude. Not all Australian actresses and actors could be good, you know. They're not all Chris Hemsworths just because they've been home and away. Is he the benchmark? He's the benchmark. I think he's the best <laughs> home and away actor to come out of there. That, no, I can't think of anybody else. I think you're doing Carl Kennedy a disservice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back on track. Tank, back on track. Tank girl. Tank girl <laughs> on a budget of twenty-five million, which seems high to me. I, I didn't think it would get that kind of backing. According to internet sources, this movie did a worldwide gross of four million, so therefore a loss of twenty-one million. It's <laughs> obviously it's it's not the most in-depth research I do, but that seems like a very low return on quite a high investment. They must have had a lot of. I don't know, a lot of eyes for success with this property when they made it. Because that's a big budget for a film that doesn't seem to be that kind of well-known kind of comic strip going into it. No, I agree. I'd like, never knew about this film, never knew it was a comic until way after I'd see this film as well. So, big risk. But I don't lie, I didn't know anything about this when you mentioned it. 
no comic. Nothing. This is definitely a... never. You never seen it. You didn't watch it halfway through and go, "Oh, I've, I've I've seen this before." Nope, never. In my puff, have I seen this film? Jeez. Other than references that I may have seen in other things, I definitely never seen this. So uh, I may have seen little references in other media to this, which I might come to a bit later on. Kind of influences that it may have had, but yeah, I definitely didn't know anything about this film, even working my way through it. Well, look at that for a pick. Well, I did film. mention it to Sean. Sean had thinks he'd seen it, and my neighbour thinks. Well, she's got it on DVD. That's where I bought it from. So she's seen it. So there is like a small cult following to it. It is one of these films that you've either kind of seen or you've never seen. And I've, like this was a kind of Channel Four in the UK TV, like well, a film. It was always on TV, like when I was younger. And it's like ten o'clock at night. This film's on like once a month, and that's how I seen it. And then like trying to get the Blu-ray for it now, it's like gold dust. I think it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. like four. 45 UK pounds on Amazon right now for the Blu-ray. It's like ridiculous. You have picked a belter of a <laughs> podcast movie watch along <laughs> film that it is impossible to find anywhere. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy. If anybody's listening to this and managed to watch Tank Girl beforehand, well done. <laughs> the, uh, the film was released in June 1995, the 23rd of June, which came just two weeks after the 1995 MTV Movie Awards, oh, which means it would be eligible for the following year's MTV Movie Awards in 1996. It may have done itself a, a, a bit of a, a handicap for winning awards coming out two weeks after the MTV Awards. On the internet, on my my research pages, I could not find it being nominated for any awards for anything ever, uh, Tactical. Oh. Uh, nobody had any information of anything, so therefore it was shut out totally of every award show in 1996 and 1995. That does also include the Razzies from 1996, which I, I thought this might be a shoo-in. <laughs> yeah, but then the Razzies of 1996 was the infamous Showgirls year, where the film Showgirls got 13 nominations and won <laughs> nearly every award. So I think they may have been shut out anyway. Um, just for the sake of all the information being out there, 1996 Oscars, Braveheart won Best Picture. Yeah, uh, which I feel was a, a. I thought at the time, I always think Braveheart's one of these bad winners. Why? How did Braveheart win Best Picture? It was up against Apollo Thirteen, probably the likely winner in my eyes. Babe, The Postman, and Sense and Sensibility. So not the strongest of Oscar years. Braveheart all the way. I can see Braveheart uh, winning that. Yeah. And then for the MTV Movie Awards that year, Braveheart lost as did Apollo Thirteen to Seven. Which is probably the best film in that year. I don't know how that didn't get a Best Picture nominee, a nomination at the Oscars, because that's probably the best film in the lot. Nah, Braveheart. All about Braveheart. National pride coming through here. Yep. Who cares about um, all the inaccurate, historical inaccuracies? It's still the best film there. Exactly. Mel Gibson, he's Scottish, right? I used to think that. <laughs> See, he was that good. He's a Scottish man. Uh, I will save my Braveheart thoughts for another time. It may come up on the podcast at some point. Uh, seven should have won. End of. I'm going to let you finish, but Seven should have won. Uh, with all the pre-match discussion over with, we'll move on to point two of the podcast, and that is the talking points. At this point, I'm going to throw to Andrew. Andy is going to be our lovely host for this movie that he insisted that Chris and I watched. So, Andy, why did you pick this, and why did you make us watch it? It's just one of them films that, like I said, I seen when I was younger, and it's just like I don't know. It just had something I remembered. Like, I've not seen like going back. It's like every time I pick a film, I've not seen it in years, and I just thought, ah, oh, it's one of them films I want to watch. 
And then when I found out that both of you hadn't really watched it, well, never seen it at all, I thought, you know what, this is this is a kind of film that kind of sums me up. And I'm sure you're going to have lots of questions about this film as we go through it. I'll have a few. Oh, yes, I, many, I, many. I think you'll get more into my psyche just going through and why. Because I did, I did enjoy this film, like, every single time. It's one of these films that it makes no real sense. It's a bit random, but it makes me smile. It was kind of like what you guys said about Napoleon Dynamite. It's Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite with action. That's how I'm going to sum up Tank Girl. I'm going to feel bad for the next hour then. It's, it's, Since it's, you enjoyed it that much. It's, it's quirky. It's fun. It's just, yeah, it's got better everything. Quirky is the, like, that word should just be on the poster. Yeah. And just, that, that's it. That describes the movie. And, yeah, it, it, it seems to have... I don't know. It is like looking into someone's brain. It's it's just all these different yeah. random thoughts kind of bouncing off the walls. It's yeah. It's like someone looking into someone's head, which you've got to give it some sort of I don't know commendation for that. That the film is clearly someone's vision has been put onto the screen here. And it, and like I know I slagged off Napoleon Dynamite's end, like kind of opening with the long credits, and this is <laughs> yeah. that was my first point. I'm not even joking. <laughs> that is my first fucking point. Is the long pointless introduction. But it's not, it's not. Like, this, this is based on a comic book, like, and it's got like a really good animated comic book strip at the start, which I just I find it fun. So it this and it's got good music to start off with. It's not overly long, it doesn't outstay its welcome. No, it didn't. And then like boom, you're straight into what's actually happening, and then you see like her riding a I don't know, whatever it is. A buffalo a, thing. Yeah. Yeah. With classes, yeah. which is just hilarious. You know you're in for I, a good time when that starts. Boom. I very much enjoyed the intro. Like in one of the later points, I'll mention it. But yeah, the actual because yeah. all the way through the film, there's these little animated kind of interstitials. I don't know if that's the word, but little yeah. bits here and there. There's only about maybe two bits of the film that they actually like animate for like a like a part of the story. All the rest are just kind of little bits and pieces. They don't really play into it very much. But there's a couple of bits to do. But all throughout. The animation is really good, and I really like the look of I it. I did like that, yeah. I like the animation. It's something different. You don't see it in films anymore. It's explains something in a fun way, yeah, instead of you sitting here watching movie. them uh, pimp up a tank. Yeah. You're doing it in a fun way. Exactly. You don't have to I'll see give like, you a, that. a kind of standard montage. So like, That's one montage. Good word. So, so you basically, right, you've started off with that, right? So there's no problem so far, is there? So the opening, we all agree, is pretty good. So the opening, perfectly fine. My only issue with the opening was me having to count how many tanks there were on the opening cartoon. That was, <laughs> that was difficult. But apart from that, yes, I very much liked it. And, and then we, like, just, like I said, you start off, you see the hero riding a buffalo where it's got glasses and all that. So, you know, this film's not your standard film. Yeah. You know, she, mm-hmm. she's got that weird voice. She just looks weird to start off with. It's just like, there you go. Here we go. We're in for something different. And that's what that's the word I'll use. Different all the way yes. through this. It's very wacky that word. Yes. I spent the first few while trying to work out kind of because she she pretty much rides home at that point, right? If I remember correctly, yeah. and then you, you meet her kind of weird sort of impractical house where you have levers to open doors, and there's <laughs> like then there's this very strange scene with the guy that she's making <laughs> strip naked for no real apparent reason and then gets interrupted it's, it's it, from the get-go it's just like okay this is kind of weird what we're watching here 
exactly. See, I think I think that seniors like they're not sure which way they're going to turn this film. They're going to turn it into like softcore porn or like something else. So yeah, but you you know, avoid that by putting two kids straight in. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's like getting, no, maybe not go this way. We'll just it's, it's getting to the good bit, and then two kids kind of come and bring it back down to earth, and then. That's it, it's back and it's just like, you see her again, she's like, not really caring. She's just like, ah, oh, it would have been fun, but, you know, the kids caught us. It's, for, it's very 90s in, his, in its kind of sexualization of certain scenes. It's, there's yeah. certain bits and pieces that are very overtly kind of sexual, which I don't think would, it's not sort of something we see nowadays, really. It's kind of, it's kind of an, an old-timey sort of thing now, even though it's only, what, 20-odd years ago. Yeah, but also you flip on his head, it's normally the women who would be stripping naked. Like, this is a woman making a man strip in a film. You don't see that often. Straight away, you can tell. Yeah, it's yeah, it's about the female role in everything, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's a world where she's being a strong female kind of leader action hero to save the day immediately. Time when this came out, whenever you said it was 1995 or whatever. 95, yeah. 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 So, yeah, 95, that, you don't really see that, you know. I think we've discussed in the past about like strong female lead characters that don't really exist. Certainly not in this our podcast series. Yeah. Anyway, we've really struggled to talk about female characters any of the episodes so far. So we have got this one at least with us, at least a couple. Exactly. So that's why I picked it. We need a strong female lead. You can't say that she's not strong. Definitely which then not. kind of moves on to the yeah. next part of the film where. She absolutely kills a lot of people right next in the next scene. <sighs> and that's <laughs> where <he> goes. <laughs> How are the f- they are worse than fucking stormtroopers? <laughs> I'm sure that it's the gag, isn't it? It is the joke, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but and she's fucking hip firing and taking them out like she's a sniper. Yeah, she's like an elite. I don't know, whatever she is, scavenger. Whatever she is, yeah. You have skipped st- over in bold capital letters just before this scene. I have. Malcolm McDowell storming in to take over the movie I've got before this right. scene. But we get the, the Malcolm McDowell Darth Vader scene where yeah. he uh, literally they just stole straight from I don't know, is it Empire Strikes Back yeah. where it's like you are now in charge, Admiral, whatever. It's like it's taken straight away from it. And that's the, the first chance we get to see the kind of the, the 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 weapon of the movie where he turns the guy into water because and then we learn the whole thing is about water conservation and, and the use of that but yeah Malcolm McDowell immediately uh, it's the kind of character as you guys know that's the kind of guy I like the bad guy it's always seems to be these sort of great English actors that take these roles but yeah. mm-hmm. I, I had to mention his his straight in he's a, a, a sight for sore eyes in the, in the middle of all the carnage that is uh, the tank girl scenes beforehand but it's just like yeah you go, you go to Malcolm McDowell it's just like how sinister is it making somebody walk over glass and then just like to turn it on his head as well. It's like, why did you do that, you twat? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like he that, did you know? it himself. Yeah, no, that's, that's proper psychotic there. That's like, you know, this guy is proper bad. You know, it, it does build up a bad guy fairly quick in a scene. You know, it might have been stolen, but they take it to another level as well. I did notice a teeny tiny little mistake there, though. Oh, God, here he goes. When the oh, guy's down getting, like, dehydrated, he's got his shoes on, and then next scene he's literally walking over the glass with bare feet. Nah. Okay, you've got them there. I've got one They're later on. Normally, attention. I don't pick up on these things, but I do have one later on. I've got, I've got an obvious one later on. I'm sure we'll get to that as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have also, with skipping straight to the Stormtroopers uh, gun battle, where they're horrendous, 
I do need to mention <laughs> this whole thing. The whole that's the beginning of like the plot of the movie is then storming the kind of house, isn't it? Yes. She, Tank girl herself is it Rebecca? That's her name, isn't it? Rebecca? Yeah. She's on lookout. Yes. And she decides to start cutting holes in her tights for someone she thinks is behind her. Obviously, part of their kind of weird, wacky family. I think her boyfriend, or whatever you want to call it. She's on lookout, and she manages to not notice the entire, I don't know, Imperial army coming towards her house. It's like she had really other things bad, in her mind. Job badly done, I think. Well, it's her to fault. To be fair, she was just looking one direction when there's a whole 360 she should be doing. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure if I put you on, like, watch in the middle of a desert, and, you know, let's face it, that house has obviously not been attacked on a daily basis. You're just going to kind of sit and, you know, dick around, aren't you? It's an obvious, obvious example of the, you had one job. She had one job. <laughs> look, look out, and you, she didn't. She's just doing her own thing, playing to teaching, her own beat. Teaching kids how to swear while they're wearing a t-shirt that says wanker on. That's what she was doing. Yes. <laughs> I never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but she did, she did have a, a sweet necklace on, as in like a candy necklace. I know, I've like, not seen them in years. Yeah, that, that took me back. <laughs> She really could have, if, if I'd made this movie and I had made one change, when she was taking down all the bad guy henchmen, she would have pinged a bit at someone and that would have got one of them. <laughs> one change I would make to this film. That's the one change. <laughs> right, so do you want to move on to any other questions in this area? Or you... My last point I have to make on, well, two more points. One, second episode in a row with a dead cow. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I got my triple header. In that battle, a guy swore then exploded and died. That's the three stat counters in the, like, the, the same second in the film. He swore, exploded, and was dead. And that's all I have to say. Uh, see? You can see why I like this film right from the get-go. It's just... It's, <laughs> ten minutes in, it's already ridiculously over the top. Yeah. The one bit, I must admit, I don't get in this bit, is, like, she is wiped out, like, I think they end up with the magic number of eight or something like that. Eight, yeah, yes. It? So yeah, she's killed eight people, and like, I don't know how many people were in her house, but like the boyfriend's definitely dead. The girls like getting kidnapped. There's bound to be a few others, so her friends are dead. But they just kind of come out and just like, right, you're you're under arrest now. It's just like, why didn't you kill her? Yeah, exactly. It's like she's clearly the leader. Or maybe yeah. did they did they assume that the guy was the leader because he's the man? Is maybe that what they're going for? I don't know. It just seems a bit weird. It's like you know, like. These people have seen her shooting everybody and running towards the house. It's like, if that was me and they were, these were my like, mates, I would just shoot her in the head. But this one guy just takes it upon himself. It's like, yes, we could abuse her on our ship later on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. that's what gets you in trouble. You should never Everyone's abuse women. an example of her. I do have <laughs> written down in my notes, men are the villains. That's <laughs> one general thing throughout the entire film. Every couple of scenes or so, there's... They have to remind us that men are bad. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying that's it, it's fine. I, I, can, I can accept it, but yeah, just right, the, by the sheer them being that gender, that makes them the bad guy in lots <laughs> of bits of this film. But I do love a small penis joke, which is that was a funny scene. <laughs> I'll be honest, my humorous intros at one point did mention uh, a, a peanut <laughs> dick at one point. So uh, luckily, I found some uh, <laughs> less colourful things to to do for the intros. So you got any other points then? Will we move through this um... film? That's questions that raise that can probably help you since I think Chris doesn't seem to like the film so far, even though he seems to have liked the, up to this first bit. No, I didn't say I like this bit. It's just it has bits that are okay. Okay. 
So the underlying... best will come up along. As just so when she's been, ca- she's been captured. I'm yeah. not sure exactly what order these things happen in, but she complains that, or she asks if she's able to see Baywatch. Yes. Now, this film was made in 1995. Baywatch is the top TV show of all time at that point, as it were. Yeah. This is set, like, at least in the 20-somethings. Yes. So, is it still running? Or no, that's just a classic, a, classic film, well, a classic TV show that everybody loves. Right, because she's, I don't know, she meant to be 30s, younger. Yeah. So, to... say this is set nowadays, in like the 2020s. She I would be 20, 30, born... 30, I think it is. There you go. So, she's definitely born after Baywatch finishes its original run. Yeah. So, how how is Baywatch still a thing in 2030? And they're half timeless. Because you have to remember, this is now, we're in 2020 at the time of recording here. Baywatch is not a thing. They tried to bring it back with The Rock, and that didn't work. So that's that's the death nail for any property yeah, if you can't like, get it to work with The Rock. As soon as Netflix puts Baywatch back on, boom, it's going to be huge yeah, again. Yeah, there. It must oh, be yeah. well, streaming It'll service. happen. So, like, the streaming service back, and I reckon they've probably just got Netflix. They've just <laughs> paid their subscription. <laughs> And she wants to watch Baywatch, but no, these guys came and interrupted her because they wanted to take the little water they had under their house. That's what happened. Well, the, the assumption was that they had lots of water, wasn't it? It was like 300 gallon, million gallons or something. It was, it was a lot of yeah. water that yeah. they could access. Well, I, th- I think they were siphoning it off, I think was the kind of general consensus. Like, Ah, right. They were siphoning it off, but what the guy actually wanted was the the bit which obviously comes into the kind of next stage of it, which is like the kind of reapers. Ah, uh, yeah, the rippers, yeah. Rippers, not reapers, yeah. Rippers. Yeah, so the, remember Crash Bandicoot, and there's the Ripper Roo in Crash Bandicoot. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that's why I feel like that name. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's the kind of like the plot, which kind of like then sets up the next bit where you know obviously she's. The bit that I don't actually understand is why Malcolm McDowell's trying to break her so much. Like, so she's killed eight of his men and he just wants her to work for her. But in what capacity? Yeah, well, it seems to be in a sort of maniacal sort of she can take down an entire army in her own kind of way because she kind of does. And then they just kind of... It's a theme that kept coming up. I've got it for later on as well. Why do people just keep trusting the tank girl? Like, they just let her... It's like, actually, we need you to do it, so we're going to give you all this stuff, go do our thing, we want you to do it. And then another group of people does it, and then another group of people does it. They just seem to trust her with the burden of helping them out without really any questions asked a lot. Yeah, true. Especially when she's so unlikable. What? See, I like her. Well, what? Tank girl or the person who plays her? Oh no! Well, tank girl. I, I the person that plays you know what? Right. I generally feel like uh, what's she called, Laurie Petty. Yeah. Yeah. I generally feel like that is just her playing herself. I think she's probably might be like that in real life. I think she everything is. I've she, seen she her in, she yeah. is like that. I yeah, think right, it's just okay. her. She just so. has to remember that she's playing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, she's a nutter. It's funny about the hour, like in the film where like you meet um, Naomi Watts. Who's like obviously getting sexual harassed as well, which goes back to your whole men are bad. Yeah, well, that guy, he's especially bad. Because <laughs> the, the, the second guy in command to Mark. Sar- Sergeant Small. Is that him, right? Okay. That's Sergeant, what he's called. Yeah, Sergeant <laughs> Small is genius, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I hate yeah. that thing they do when there's a bad guy, they put the camera really close in their face and do that stupid little twisty thing <laughs> to distort his stupid fat face. So, so you know he's bad. Yeah. 
it's around this time that I realised that Mike <laughs> Myers stole the uh, the is it water and power. Is that what it's called? Water and power stole them for Doctor Evil's corporation in the Austin Powers movies. It's just I couldn't see any part of it. The soldiers look like his minions. The bad guy kind of management team look like Doctor Evil's kind of cronies. The base looks like Doctor Evil's base, and even the logo looks like the kind of Doctor Evil logo. It's but you like... have to get that out of your head. This was before that. This That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Mike Myers stole from this. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying it definitely happened. It's just, as I look at it, it just, it just made me laugh just looking at it. I'm thinking it's a comedy film, which it is, but it's like yeah. I couldn't take it seriously. But you're not supposed to. <laughs> Oh, I think that's the point. That's why it's, it's random and all over the place. Yeah. But it comes to like, I, f- I feel like this movie's got like plots within plots within more plots. And mm-hmm. like, even up to this point, you don't really know what's going on other than he wants some water and power, hence mm-hmm. more power. And then you get, you know, he wants her for some reason. And nobody actually knows. And then she never agrees. So she goes through her kind of whole torture scene. And then. Then you to me, to the pipe. The, sorry, the, the, torture, the, the pipe looked fun to me. I kind of wanted to go down the pipe. Yeah, like, but you don't know how long she was there for. I don't know, but it looked like fun. It was like, what was it, forty <laughs> meters down, and it keeps getting more narrow. That'd be fun. Yeah, she was always there for a long time because the one kind of mistake that annoyed me was her scar disappears like fairly quick after all that stuff. You know, she gets like a big cut in her head at like the star in the plane, and then after all this torture scene, it's pretty much healed. But I, I, it does actually go through some stages, though. Give them that much. It does. It, it's bad, and then it's a bit better, then a bit better, and then nearly yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then I said, like, it comes to the bit where you get to see the the other bad guys. You know these these jumping kangaroo monsters that are killing everybody in. Well, ass. at first you don't know they're kangaroos. They're just yeah. some sort of predator. As I know. See, like when I watched, yeah, this, I know that was like, like exactly like a predator costume. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. me, like for me, when I first seen that first scene, like I remember this. It's like they're kangaroos. It's like you see them <laughs> jumping. It's it looked really cheesy as well, like in the kind of like the CCTV it really did footage that you see of it and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just like. It looked like the uh, original Star Trek, like he was fighting a Gorn. It was like that. This yeah. guy, he's clearly in a suit with massive hands, just kind of flapping yeah. at something. But for me, it was always there were always kangaroos when I first seen this film back in the day. It's just like straight away, it's like, actually, they look like kangaroos. Which then, well, later, obviously, in the film, we confirm that they're just kangaroos. Well, I've got, actually, I put down, because you'd said to me, there's one point in this film where I'll be wondering <laughs> what the hell I'm actually sitting watching. Yes. And I realised straight away what it was. So I've just got in my notes... <laughs> Dog people. <laughs> so I, I, we'll quickly find out what happened, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I thought there were dogs at first when they first appeared. Well, one of them is. Well, yeah, I guess. But yeah, it's like I don't know. It's just this film just keeps giving you more. It doesn't answer anything. It's just like, right, we've got this going on. We've got this going on. Suddenly, the little girl doesn't seem to like matter anymore because all she wants to do is get Naomi Watts out of this. And then not even trying to find the little girl that she actually seemed to care about, but didn't at the same time. She also very quickly for, kind of forgot about their boyfriend guy that got shot. Like, yes. She was there to get her going, yeah. and then she kind of, oh, I'll get over that, and I've got other problems to worry about quickly. Quick. And she's still so happy while she's in prison as well. She's so excitable. She's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do this. And even when like, she uses bait as well, she's just like, okay, that's fine. And then like five minutes later, she's like, actually fine, finds a gun, and it's like, right, let's move on. Just always yeah. that. It's just an easy ozy. Everything like you can tell that she enjoyed making this film. Yeah, oh, totally. She seems yeah. to be having a complete ball through the whole thing. But 
in doing that, it does not progress the story as well as it should have, I don't think. No. She doesn't have any motivation at all. It's, yeah, she seems to have... Very, it's like short-term concentration and memory loss quite a lot of times. She's just like, oh, I'm going to go do this for a while. Yeah. Like, at one stage, a musical number breaks out at one stage. Oh, yes, my God. Yeah, what was the fucking now. point in that? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't explain anything. Just, oh, yeah, sing a song. So they sing a song. The whole fucking lot of sing a song. And then that's it. It stops. <laughs> it's genius. Didn't have to do any of that. It's just... It, just... Quirky. Like I just love the bit where she's like in the outfit changing rooms for oh, like the, the computer oh, program. Oh god, right. We we've got way different opinions on this film, Andy, I'm sorry. Uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. Oh god. And the, the fact like Jeff, you see you take it back a bit when they they find the, the mad woman is like, you know, reach the sky gods and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought she was going to be like part of her posse when she came into it. I thought, all right, this person's kind of wacky and crazy, and I already don't like her. But what's going to happen here? And then she helps them for she threatens them, then realizes yeah. actually you guys are all right, and then helps them, and then that's it. This she's gone after she gets knocked out by a fish in the best way possible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rubber fish, it, like apparently turned into an anvil. Genius, <laughs> but then it does bring up the good scene of like. The montage, what you were talking about, like the cartoon montage where they're all fixing up their vehicles and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and that's that's obviously that's where the point of the film kind of becoming Tank Girl because I didn't yes. have uh, obviously I, I track certain things, so I was waiting for I was counting tanks. That was what I was counting. So I was being sure there was tank. And at one point there wasn't any real life tanks in this film. So then the tank came into it and said, "Okay, oh, even, we're actually we're rolling now." So even even the bit before that when she like first gets in a tank and then she's like trying to drive it like after the. Oh, yeah. the I don't have a question about that. <laughs> that there was, so there was like a security measure, yeah. and it was if you don't put in the code, cyanide gas will be sprayed into this tank. Yeah, she doesn't put in the code, cyanide gas gets sprayed into the tank, and then she somehow survives because uh, Naomi Watts comes and saves her a yeah. wee bit later. Like, how is she not dead? No, she, she stays. She basically uh, Naomi Watts actually says um, that the tank doesn't work. Um, oh, it, other than yeah. that, if, if, if it did work, you'd be dead right now. Ah, okay. maybe I'm too busy complaining. Why is it she dead? So, so they might have like changed, changed the cyanide gas for I don't know air freshener. So just pumping an air freshener instead. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like you need an air freshener tank. But then like, so you go from that. Then she obviously <laughs> gets used as bait, and then she just finds a tank, and then so like Naomi Watts is going to be, she's going to fly the jet, and then it's just hilarious when she's trying to drive a tank because the film's called Tank Girl. She can't drive a tank and, in fact, knocks out Naomi Watts with the tank thing. You say that's funny. Naomi Watts, she's jet girl, is that right? Yeah. She's like, all right, we're going to go now. You get in that tank. So yeah. tank girl goes to the tank, turns out she can't drive it, and then jet girl comes back out and says, no, 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 don't do that, <laughs> don't do that, and it gets knocked out. And it's like, well, why did you send her to drive a tank? If you, oh, It just it made me angry. It was a terrible plan. You did not think <laughs> through. Show her how to drive it before you send her to do it. Oh. Well, maybe she was just introducing everybody as like, oh yeah, I'm actually Tank Girl. <laughs> you know, it's like, don't call me Rebecca, I'm Tank Girl. Yeah. But yeah, then you go, then you go back to the musical number, which it's just fun. Iggy Pop mm-hmm. is a kind of kiddie fiddler. Wasted cameo. Iggy Pop. <laughs> he should have been in it more. I was like, hey, oh, he's gone. Um. <laughs> and he's like, probably tenth build in this film as well, which is hilarious. He has like what two lines, I think. <laughs> Which I always forgot he was in this film. I just always thought that was just a weird, creepy person. But nope, that's Iggy Pop. He must have done someone. He must have done a favor. Somebody must have 
old, well, like he, he owed a favour to somebody. Yeah, he did a song for it, so I think oh, we should basically go. put him into it as well. So, yeah, so I'm assuming that's why Ice Tea's in it as well. Well, Ice Tea's like we're we're getting to them now. He's like we are. He's he's like second build in this film, and he doesn't do much in this film. Like so, when you first meet them all, he's the one that just doesn't want to help, doesn't want to do anything. Yeah. But you can't really tell it's him either. Like you say, no, second no, build. It's like I had to work out because I was like, I was at one point and there was like three of them. I was like, which one's Ice T? One of these guys is Ice T. Which one is it? I think it's him. Yeah, it's just. I knew it wasn't the one with the the glasses. I remember, I can picture his face. I don't know his name, but he's in something else. Yeah, I'm very familiar. You could kind of give off certain vibes. Some of the kangaroos, like I can't. I've seen you in something, and I've seen you in something. I don't know who you are, but I've seen you in something. See, I just I, like when the kangaroos come into it, it's just like this film changes. Like, that's the moment where it's like, the fuck am I watching? Definitely. That's the point. I will that's give the props the to Stan in, Winston. Yeah, no, this film is great if you're high. I was, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, I'd given... give props to Stan Winston because the kangaroos were actually not that bad. Yeah. But you actually see their yeah, faces. I cannot criticize how they look. It really it holds up 20 odd years later that, uh, how good they look. Like it's yeah. hard to tell they are kangaroos, but they're not meant to be really kangaroos. They're meant to be something different, and it's yeah, they look phenomenal. And that's, that's... the thing. So, like, well, well, I'll put it in now um, <laughs> for trivia. Um, was like in the comics, they actually are just more kangaroo-like. Yeah, because um, one of the animated features has—is it Booger? In yeah, it, Booger. I think. He's actually he looks a kangaroo. A kangaroo, yeah. So yeah, appar- apparently they obviously. They didn't want kangaroos to look shit and just have people in costumes that look like shit kangaroos. Right, so, they okay, actually, yeah. so they actually got the uh, comic artist to basically redesign them um, so that they can like, obviously put proper makeup and stuff on them, which I think mm. works. And yeah, like, really the, an- like the animatronics in their faces and their ears. Like, yeah, every one of them, even yeah. though only three of them or four of them only really have interactions, even when they're walking in the background, you see them, they're all like everything's moving and twitching and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's when they put the mask on, it's like shit. And yeah, I don't armor think... on. Yeah, the armor shit, I must admit. And it it seems like it doesn't help them at all, which obviously will go down later down the line when we get near the end. <laughs> but yeah, the kangaroos, I think that's when the moment of this film changes. And then suddenly she. Totally different film at that point, yeah. Yeah, because like, no, 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 suddenly Tank Girl's got motivation again. She's just found the little girl again. She's just had her big musical number. She's been kidnapped again, so they must go to the Warren Power headquarters. Because then, then your boy Malcolm McDowell's went through a few changes. He becomes oh. Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> don't get me started on him. He's oh, Dr. Claw. F- that's who he is. This, like, oh, I don't yeah, know, I know. Stole who here. Someone stole from somebody, but he's Dr. Claw. I'm not having it. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. His whole transformation to a claw. Why the hell did he hide his face through the whole post-operation? <laughs> there was nothing wrong with that. He looked exactly the same. It was a hologram. But, his, face, his face was badly damaged. Yeah, I'm, assuming he had, looked... I'm assuming there was nothing there. Like, it would just would be turned on. Why would he have it turned on? Yeah. Like, because he would be seeing through the hologram. It's just for show, isn't it? So, I'm assuming it was just, there would be nothing. It'd be like his torso and then just a, a hole. Yeah, that's why I, I always thought it was that. Or they were getting, like, a software update. He was still mapping his face or something like that. <laughs> wasn't quite ready at that stage. It'll be ready in five hours, 33 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're still doing a software update. But... Cause well, I never the, really the... explained that. It's just like, oh, he's blocked by a TV. Oh, he's blocked by a chair. And then, boom, it's Malcolm McDowell. 
and yeah, like, but oh, I think that's, the that's the point of it. It's random. It's like you think his face is going to be proper, like mutilated yeah. and scarred. Oh, I was waiting for that. Like half his jaw to be missing or something. Exactly. Because because his arm thing's like super like weird. Like it's not like a proper like hand. It's like he's upgraded to like this awesome, I don't know, weird thing that has little blades coming out of it. You think his face is going to be shit, but it's actually a really high tech hologram. You know, the only thing that actually changed was his stupid motley laugh. He was yeah. like proper evil and out and over. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking imitated me. Oh God. Okay, well, moving <laughs> on before I get the Hulk's coming out on you go. I don't know if we've passed it yet, but there's the scene. One of the scenes I did enjoy, which is one of the, the Tank Girl's English accents, was her and Naomi Watts going in to the base and yeah. pretending that they're filming for a calendar. Yeah. I thought she was really funny in that scene. But there's just the one guy who is ultra, ultra excited at potentially being a calendar. Just absolutely cracked me up. I don't know why, but this one guy who's like, yeah, like so excited that he could be in a, like the, the, the building site guy's calendar. Just absolutely just, oh, I was on the floor just about. <laughs> See, you're right. It's just, it is, like, it's such a random scene. Like, once again, it's just, they've just went through all this trauma, they went through all this, and then suddenly it's like, I've got a plan. And it's like, oh God, she's going to get a gun, go in and shoot, like guns are blazing. But she doesn't. She just goes in and pretends to be a fashion photographer thing for uh, the calendar. <laughs> and and not one of the other guys question it. It's like she only seems to be like going for the two or three guys. Because if I was one of the back guys, I'd be like, why can't I be in the calendar? I'm going to raise security and see if this is legit or not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But nobody seems to question her, except from the, the kangaroos. They're always questioning her. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. So, you know, we need to get better closer. We need to get better angles. And also, so, how big is that camera? <laughs> for the future, it's a, it's a big-ass camera. Oh, right, yeah. They've got a big-ass camera, but yeah, they could. They don't need, like, earpieces or radios because the kangaroos can hear miles, which I didn't know was a thing. <laughs> oh, kangaroos yeah. can, like, kangaroos yeah. can hear from some some distance. Was it always Who automatically west? knows what way is west? Oh, she went yeah. goes north, east, south, west. Oh, okay, it's that way. I would never have known that. Well, I'm then you would have kangaroo backup then, would you? <laughs> After that point, that that that's the kind of that was the kind of scouting out part. Yeah. They have they hatch this plan to actually get into Doctor Claw's base at the end here, which is we've got this jet, we stole it from there before, we repaint it, everyone can sneak in, and the plan they had falls down immediately with two things. One is. The guy, they give a kangaroo the radio, not the girl who used to work there, yeah. the radio. Disastrous idea. The other one is, tank girl, she's going to sneak into this base by paragliding on a neon green parachute from the top of her, top of her tank through the front gate. Like, Genius that's not the best way to sneak in. But it's just like, <laughs> I can't justify that, but it's just hilarious. It's just hilarious. But anytime she's on that tank, it's like the scene just before that as well, when like she's like chasing down, like with her automatic tank. It's like that's when the tank starts becoming like sentient. Yeah, because like, yeah. 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 that Because the point very early on where it's just the, the two girls and the tank, and they're walking ahead of it. It's when they fall into the kangaroo kind of lair. I was, like, I was like, if they're both there, who's driving the tank? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like she got upgrades on it, but I don't know. I just feel like the tank becomes a character, and I quite like the tank. Definitely. Mm. One, of, one of the more likable ones is the tank. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, you're right about the plan. It's like, because in the fact is she just takes the stuff off her afterwards and like off of him and just goes, right, you need to do this, 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 and this. And he's like, all right, yeah, come in. 
<laughs> just you know, that first time round, what was so difficult about it? But then, then it moves on to the next plot, like where I kind of have a flaw with the film, and it seems like Malcolm McDowell's plan all along was to get all the kangaroos into one place, get his entire army wiped out in one go. But he planned that, but yeah, it still didn't have enough guys for it. Yeah, I've got so Malcolm McDowell's plan was now that he knows their whole plan was just let them do what they were planning to do. That's <laughs> yeah. <what> his plan. <laughs> I do have a he's, flaw like, with that. He's like... listening in the entire time. He's heard every single thing she's ever done for the entirety of the movie after he captured her, and he just lets her do it. Yeah. And, like, I don't, I don't get it. And then it's like all, this, all the security and all that are like, they've got them, got all the kangaroo guys all, like, thingy, and then the main leader decides, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run get shot at a bazillion times and take down the lights. Then takes down the lights and it's not actually that much darker. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit this point very hard later on on one of the points, but yes, that was, that really flagged up for me. It was like, that is movie sense rather than actual real life sense is what he had there. Yeah. And it was immediately after that, when the kangaroos are kicking everyone's ass, that a kangaroo jumps up onto a box, kills the two people, and jumps back down again. The entire time, hanging from a wire that yes. was not hidden. I see that. It's so clearly, obvious that wire. Isn't he was it? just hanging from the ceiling. Yes. <laughs> like, they didn't even pretend that he wasn't hanging from the ceiling the entire time. And that's, yeah. I know it's normally Chrissy's gimmick to pick up on these goofs when the I never noticed that. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I never come saw on, that was proper obvious. It's it like he's got a parachute. It's so obvious that he's yeah. hanging from this wire. Got to go back and watch it a fourth time. So you loved it that much, you watched it four times. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I fell asleep watching it twice. God. It's not how you meant to review this movie. <laughs> I'm being honest. I will, I will say, about the middle, I started to struggle. When the musical number was going on, and I'm yep. like, okay, this is now going on a minute longer than I wanted so far, and I'm halfway through the film. So this is a bit of a struggle. But I, I, it did keep my, like, my, my notes run a lot less frequently the later on in the film, I feel like I was getting sucked in and, and wanting to know what happened towards the yeah. end. Yeah, I must admit, like the musical number does slow it down, and then, like I said, then when she gets her tank back and it then kind of goes fast again, it kind of flies by. Yeah. Which ultimately, yeah. when the when the kangaroos get there and do all their stuff, it's like there's not much to this in like how the film ends. It's very kind of that it was just easy. Ended really abruptly. The guy walks yeah. out, salutes her, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, it was a very very quick ending. Which kind of, at least. Take out the whole musical really. number, and then that's it. Added another twenty minutes there. Yeah, which then explain kind of what happens. So, have you got any other questions about the film that's kind of bugging you? Or I think um... I've hit all my questions. I've already done. She's really annoying. Why does everybody trust her? I've done that. I <laughs> uh... you know what I did like is when the kangaroos were there. The little red cup receiver. Did you not notice that? No. Do you know you could do like a tie string to a cup? Yeah. That was like a red cup the guy was using. As a oh, yeah. So it was. Yeah, I, I didn't clock that at the time, but you're right. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. That's good, yeah. So, uh, like, I'm going to add uh, like another bit in here. It's like one bit I actually like and is a massive continuity problem all the way through this film, but I really enjoyed is how many outfits she does and her hairstyles change so quickly in a post-apocalyptic world. I'm bringing up one of those things later on, but her outfits, yes. She's really some really good outfits. In fact, I liked when they meet the kangaroos and they've all got, like, 1990s t-shirts on. Yeah. Funny. Oh, I like I the thought... two-toed converse. And their hooters yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. yeah. 
the um, at one point the one of the kangaroos is wearing like a mod t-shirt like the the who logo Right. Which she had worn the same style earlier, so I thought they'd stolen her clothes when they first went in there. But it turned out they just had the same t-shirt on. Oh, so I don't know if I like that as a little kind of touch or not, because people don't always have the same t-shirts. Some people do have the same ones, but I got yeah. a little confused. Like, why are these why are these giant dog men wearing her clothes? Because <laughs> one of them was to get Randy. <laughs> oh yes, yes. I did. love that Randy one. The Randy one was it, quite the dance moves when him and the uh, Jet Girl started dancing. <laughs> I could take my eyes off of them. I forgot about that. I saw how Chris dances. <laughs> Why? That's how they play with fucking dancing like tubes. I love that as well. Yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah. Weird. I, I I think I would pray if that was a thing. Just just get up and have a wee dance. You become a religious man, would you? Yeah, and you'd be like Ice T, just sitting there, just going, "God damn it, what have I got myself into?" <laughs> Uh, I think that's just run through the talking points of the film now. I think Andy's put out the final call for any questions and we did it. So we'll move on to point three for the high points of the movie. Uh, I'll give a couple, I'll give my nominations first for the high points. I've got Malcolm McDowell here. I did put that early on because I felt like he's just, he's something special and he's mentioned, (laughs) but I'm not sure. It would disappear for a good chunk of it, so I'm not sure necessarily is the high point. I have the actual kangaroo people physically, the, the animations, uh, I thought yeah. they were very good. Yeah, and that's... then the animation, the animation of the, the comic books as well. So everything that was animated in the film in terms of their, their faces <laughs> and the cartoons, they're my, my main nominees for the high points of the film. Uh, Chris, what are your nominees? They're the exact same two I had, was the animation and the actual costumes for well, the facial features of the yeah. kangaroos. They're my top two. I'm going to go for the tank itself. Like, I really like that tank. It's just it had a personality. I quite like that. Uh, I like I like Booger. He's awesome. <laughs> I think by by mentioning Booger's name, I think the kangaroo faces win for high point of the movie. I think they do. They are they were, they were so good. Like every one of them had a personality. Even it was yeah. Ice T being miserable, or the, even the background characters, and then the hump the humpy one. And it, like <laughs> just, one. just genius. Absolutely yes. genius. I think some mm. solid, some solid high points there. I think, it, which yeah. I think that's probably the story of the movie. The, the high points come with the low points, which is point four. The low points. Uh, we'll start with you, Andy, since you're the one most highly touting this movie. What, what would you say are your low points of the movie? Uh, I think it's only one bit that every single time I've watched it that I like. I start off liking it, and we've mentioned it before. Is the dancing? Like the big musical number, it starts off great, but then it they That's do the it? whole song. And yeah, I think it just, it just works. It just it, it like it works for like thirty seconds, but then they decide to do the whole thing and then have a costume change halfway through it, and all the dancers seem to know what they're doing. But it is like two minutes long that scene. Mm. Whereas, just make the woman sing it, and then that's it done. But you don't need to play the whole scene. So that that is probably my only bit of this film that. I'd just really just didn't like at all i'll follow up i've got along with my along my, my low points i've got she's got an all-time bad haircut i think her hair is like has to be top three of all time bad haircuts for somebody to have uh along with that the weird scissor cutting tight scene which was like the the second highly sexualized scene in about the first three or four scenes of the movie but at that point i was thinking what have i been forced into watching here uh, <laughs> this, this early on a, on a weeknight uh and then 
I've got another mention for just early on. It happened a couple of times actually. Just some of the the plane landing. The, the, they didn't quite. They had the the high tech stuff for the animations and for the the faces of the kangaroos. But some the planes landing in the bases just looked like they were cardboard cutouts landing, as if it was in South Park, sort of the early days of South Park. But my absolute low point is everything to do with the liquid silver brothel, especially the musical number. Everything was just weird. Her getting dressed in the different outfits was just unnecessary. Yep. With Again, something that wouldn't fly these days, I don't think, that she would go into this place and then want to pretend to be one of the kind of sex workers and was getting all dressed up and there's like fake boobs and all that around about behind her. Um, then the suggestions of paedophilia going on and Iggy Pop mm. wanting to have sex with a 10 year old and just making me feel weird half <laughs> the people in the room are naked or half naked for the most part and then she decides she's got to sing a musical number for three minutes while I'm thinking why am I sitting watching this <laughs> and that's my main nominee for local music right. uh, <laughs> the whole I'll, I'll give you both of these for the whole musical interlude but it's got to be all the stupid little continuity errors, the mistakes. <laughs> like, that scene where she pulls some guy off of the truck, he's hooked onto a chain, and then he gets fucking dragged underneath the wheel. Yeah, hooked onto a chain. First. Safety. <laughs> There's no chain attached to him. Yeah, because it fell off. It was a bad safety measure. <laughs> Just like the kangaroo earlier on. He needed to have that wire attached to him. <laughs> uh, like, no, but I've, well, while you talk about the continuity errors, I'll, I'll butt in here. Do we like? Do we agree with like the hair thing and like her dressing? Is that like deliberate or is that just generally they just wanted to throw as much on her as possible? I think it's meant to be one of these kind of universe bending things that yeah. she can just like spin in a circle and she'll have the outfit needed for the gag on. Yeah, I think each time. So I think it's one of these. You got to suspend your disbelief a little bit with the outfits. I think I enjoyed them, but like I said, it's just a bit weird. So right, she, you could tell that she. Then. Another direct inspiration is that she clearly inspired Gwen Stefani. Yes, like, that's without a doubt. I feel like no doubt would be coming yeah, no out around this sort of time. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt would be coming around this time. So I, I reckon Gwen Stefani loves this movie. If yeah. she's out there, she yeah. can maybe hit us up on Facebook, Type Out Podcast. <laughs> let, let us know. Let us know if that's our inspiration. Let us know, right. Gwen. Carry on, Chris. <laughs> and the other one is at the start, which is making that guy strip naked. That fucking crosshair stayed there the whole time, despite the fact she's waving the gun about like a, I don't know, like an idiot. That's another one. Right, I think we need yeah. to, we need to find more. We need to reshuffle our points and get Chrissy's goof corner, I think, is one of the points. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll approach that going forward. So I think the, the musical number has to be the low point yes. of the film. I think it wins hands down. It got yeah. mentioned by everybody there. Points of interest, our trivia section. Andy, you picked this movie. From now on, whoever picks is handling the trivia because my voice usually goes about this point of the podcast. So Andy, give us some trivia notes and me and Chris will be very interested to hear what you come up with. Right. So, fun fact, obviously, it was like, what, 28 million on uh, this film? 25, I believe. 25. $80,000 of that was spent on Ice-T doing it. <laughs> right, okay. That uh, seems low. That's, that's, a, like, that's was... a drop in the ocean, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, well, you think about it, that's like, you know, almost, I don't know what percentage that is. That's math. I can't do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's a big chunk of the budget. It's almost a million million dollars. Do you know if he recorded the song for the film? Because there's, a, no, there's at least one of one of his songs in it. So maybe he licensed that as part of the deal. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, it wasn't eighty. It was eight hundred. Oh, eight hundred. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, right. okay. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, almost a million. 
Okay. Uh, how much that, was spent yeah. on the how much was spent on the kangaroos? Have you got that information? Uh, I've got a fun fact on the kangaroos. Mm-hmm. So there was a scene cut out um, when Booger and Tank are all you know taking up presumptions to get it on. Mm-hmm. Well, in actuality, they filmed it of him getting it on and spent five thousand uh, dollars. No, yeah, five thousand dollars on a prosthetic penis. Oh God. <laughs> I think we would have found the low point, I think, if that had stayed in. Yeah. That would have been the musical number. <laughs> Prosthetic kangaroo penis. So, yeah, apparently uh, it was taken out of the film because MGM didn't like it. It didn't good. really it. And didn't really want bestiality because it was too much. It was too in your face. Um, so, yeah, that's that's $5,000 down, down the toilet down there. Yeah, could have given that to iced tea, couldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> um. And I don't know if it's a fact or not, but it's one of my made-up facts, which I'm going to say it is. <laughs> um, well, at the start, when she's wearing a bowler hat, I, I, I reckon that's a nod to uh, Clockwork Orange from Malcolm McDowell. Ah, good show. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, and another fun fact that I have been finding on the internet that I did not know. So all the way through this film, when I'm watching it, and seeing how Laura Petty does stuff and how she acts, I'm thinking of one modern film. All the way through it. Is it going to come up with me and my sequel series reboot? Probably what you're going to say here. <laughs> yeah, because a fun fact I didn't know was that the rights have been sold to Margot Robbie <laughs> so that she can make a reboot. Does that actual has been done, has it? That has actually been done. Apparently it was done back in September and out of the blue when I was like doing like watching this film, doing research whether I should pick this film or not, um apparently it's going into pre production very soon. Whether Margot Robbie's gonna be playing Tank Girl, which all the way through this film I was just like, This is Harley Quinn. This is it's... like this is what Margot Robbie based Harley Quinn on. It's stepping on point six and seven. But for point six, all I have in recasting is Margot Robbie written down. <laughs> and all I have for a sequel is, don't need one, Harley Quinn is a sequel to this. It's literally, <laughs> that's what I've got written down. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, that, that's kind of a little kind of fun fact there for you that's kind of a reboot sequel and that. But yeah, I just, it's one of them things I just never kind of, looking back on it now, it's just like, I can't not unsee Harley Quinn now. Totally but, can't. It is exactly, because her Harley Quinn accent, is yeah. even Laurie, uh, Laurie Petty's accent as well. Yeah. It is so much, you can tell that that's, oh, it's just, it's absolutely just nailed on for where Harley Quinn's come from. But yeah, we'll carry on that in a minute. Um, but yeah, just that Margot Robbie's company's actually got that. Um, so Laurie Petty, the only person, like only other film I'd ever seen her in was obviously Free Willy, um, massive Free Willy fan. But she actually turned down the role of Free, Free Willy 2. So the entire original cast went and did Free Willy 2 except from her. Oh, really? Um, because she did Tank Girl instead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she... Interesting faced... choice. Yeah, and also she uh, auditioned for Tank Girl twice, got declined twice, and basically then told all her friends that she was going to do it no matter what, and got the part, obviously, in the end. Who did they have eyes for? Did they have anyone who they were actually trying to get and that's why they turned her down? Uh, so there's loads of people. Um, All right. one of the, we, can save that for, we can save it for recasting if you want. Yeah, we well, one go. of the ones that was like, apparently going was um, British DJ Sarah Cox. Really? Um, yeah, she 
was basically going for the role um, and then obviously she didn't get it so she decided to do a magazine photo shoot and she actually cosplayed as Tank Girl because <laughs> she loved it so much um, oh, but other famous people attached to this um, was Steven Spielberg was asked to produce the film uh, but he declined um, because he's not hip enough for it and that's what actually led to the slogan of being too hip for Spielberg oh okay oh yeah uh, I don't know if you oh, ever heard that, but that's that's why that happened. Oh. Um, and what other fun facts do I have on my notes here? Uh, Naomi Watts auditioned nine times for it. So she had to actually go through the torture of auditions nine the times. Enti- that'd be just about the entire thing. She must have been on the absolute ground level of the, the auditions. And it, 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 it feels like it should have launched her career, really. Like, I thought she was pretty good well, at what she was doing in it. Yeah. I'll say one thing. I did read somewhere that she's ashamed of this film, so you can see why she. Oh. Yeah, so maybe she I, hid I, from that I, then. I've heard that. Yeah, she is properly ashamed from this film. <laughs> um, but yeah, another another fun fact on people that were meant to, well, people that auditioned for the role was uh, Emma Bunton, Victoria Beckham, Jerry Hallowell. <laughs> so that's the Spice Girls. They all auditioned nope. for this role. No Mel B or C, no. No, they didn't audition. I made my sense. Uh, they couldn't be in it, no. Yeah. So yeah. But it, yeah. It really, that what you've the list of people you've linked to this film literally <laughs> tells you almost the the year that the film happened. <laughs> <laughs> these people, when these people were famous and were big, is when this film came out. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's my kind of random fun facts of the of this. Yeah. But were... the, the, the highlight is definitely the five thousand dollar penis. If only we'd seen that in action. You say highlights, <laughs> I say lowlights. Why to see it? I want to know what five thousand dollars gets you in a prosthetic penis for a kangaroo. Oh god, this is going to a, a, a real conversation. I don't want to go on. Point number six: recasting. Uh, again, literally, I have two words: Margot and Robbie are yeah. under my recasting. I, I, I we, that's the thing. Like, that's clearly Tank Girl. I don't think I could recast anybody else. I don't think anybody else could have taken anyone and made them better. That's a bit of an indictment on a sad indictment on the characters. Lots of the characters are just one-note characters. There's not much to them, but the kangaroos, it doesn't really matter who's playing them. Everyone who did, did well enough, but you couldn't tell who they were anyway. And the rest of the... There's, there's not many other characters in it, so I think, yeah, I wouldn't recast anybody else. I don't know if anybody else has any suggestions. No, see, I like Malcolm McDowell, but, like, thinking, like, if they are going to go down this whole reboot, relaunch, whatever it is, I'm just trying to think of a good bad guy. The problem is I can't see anybody else other than Malcolm McDowell in that role. And he I still could do it, be. yeah. And yeah, he is, still could do it, yeah. Um, I don't know how old he is now. The guy from Avatar, what's he called? Is it Stephen Lang? Oh, yeah. Oh, he kind of looks yeah. like him in the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. That's the only oh, one I can think I of. I actually think, I think if, if this like reboot becomes a big budget thing, I think it's going to be Josh Brolin, though. I reckon. Yeah, Margot really? Margo Robbie and Josh Brolin, I think that, that could work. Them yeah. two, if they're going down a similar line of this. That's... Nah. that's that's who, my, that's who my shout would be for the, the recasting. But yeah, Margot Robbie all day long makes sense. Yep. Now that you've said that, I can't unsee it. Like, I know. It all didn't the way through the film. At all. No, like, I watched the whole <laughs> film going, this is shit. But then, um, now that you've said that, Margot no, Robbie, I can't unsee if, it. If you ever rewatch this, all you're going to think is Harley Quinn. Yeah. If I ever rewatch it. 
What you the thing about? is, with uh, her sidekick being Jet Girl in this is very, very similar to is it Huntress in the yeah. New Birds of Prey? They even even look very similar. Yeah, they look identical as well. Even like that is just it, it's this one in the same movie with the same yeah. sort of demeanor. It was yeah, crosses over. Chris, do you have any recasting notes that you want to add? Just destroy the film. That's it. <laughs> right. Not yet. Like, right. Not. Uh, which, which brings us on to point seven, which is the sequel, which Chris doesn't clearly want. Um, sequel <laughs> well, series reboots might be better. Uh, yeah, that's what I've got down here. I've got Harley Quinn is already a sequel. We don't need a sequel, uh, but I do have this. Definitely could and should be an animated series. I would. I would be far more interested, yeah. I think, in this if it was uh, an animated kind of half-hour chunk. So I did feel the entire thing kind of was chunks that could have been episodes and if it had been a cartoon. If this had been a, a 90s cartoon, yeah. it would be probably beloved with lots of the other ones that were around at the time. I think that's where the comic like works and it's like still quite popular now. Like Tank Girl, just it always, like when, when I'm at the Comic-Cons and all that, you just you always see merchandise for like the film, but then you also see like new graphic novels out for Tank Girl. You see people dressed up as Tank Girl. It does have a cult follow in this film. And it, I, I think still it's going. It's past me by. I think they still are. Um, right. Or I'm just kind of seeing like new like covers or whatever and that. But oh, right, yeah. I've not actually read the co- the comics or whatever, but I just I know they're apparently really quirky and stuff like that. Um, it shows in the film. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it would it would work as a TV show, um, but right. it looks like it has been confirmed that like Margot Robbie is she is planning on doing a, a reboot of this. I don't even think it's a remake. It's a, it's a brand new reboot. And hopefully she does put herself in it. <laughs> yeah, it might be good. And so then, you, point, then you'll watch a Tank Girl. You have to watch it again, Chris, but just as Margot Robbie. Uh, might be better. <laughs> yeah. I think if we sign us up, we'll all go watch it. Uh, point eight <laughs> on the 10-point podcast. We have the statistics section, the stats. Uh, I've tracked my usual things plus a couple of extra bonus ones. So, for us, again, this is because Andy only likes films that have explosions, swearing, and deaths in them. So, I have swears... I counted 19. Uh, I think there might be a couple of sneaky ones that snuck by me, but kind of hard swears. I didn't count, uh, what was it, uh, like butt smear or something like that. And there's a couple, <laughs> well, something like that it was. There was a couple of ones where she was trying to teach the child who was wearing the wanker t-shirt how to swear. <laughs> I didn't count those, but um, I got to 19. I got to 18 explosions, which seems low, but I did try to count every... I didn't count animated explosions, because I saw that, but um, actual real-life fire exploding, I counted 18, which seems low, so I may have to have another little look at some point and count them again. I had to do a bit of rounding to, num- to hold numbers again for deaths. I think about 70 deaths, I think. Yeah. A lot of henchmen went down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> It's hard to count in that warehouse, but... Yeah, and it, there's a lot of suggested killing. Like, you would see a squad meeting a squad, and then all of a sudden there'd be one team left standing. So yeah. you have to kind of assume all the other team were, were dead. Yeah. Um, so the film is Tank Girl. I counted eight tanks, which may have been the same tank a couple of times, uh, I think. Uh, once she'd done up the tank to be the, the tank that it became in the end, that was just the same tank. I didn't count again. But there were 11 animated tanks. So it's either 19 in total or eight tanks in the, in the film. And did they say the thing? No, no one ever said Tank Girl in the film, uh, which surprised Aww. me. I thought someone would call her Tank Girl at some point in the film. Hmm. Uh, does anyone have any other stats? And Andy, was there a movie within the movie? Well, I'm going to go back a tiny little bit. It's technically a stat, so we'll go with a stat. I've, I, I might have been doing some more research into this uh, $5,000 cock. 
Oh my god. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> oh god, right. So apparently, um Jamie Hewlett did an interview in Empire magazine. Mm-hmm. Um and he was talking about like a lot of uh, stuff got cut like so Subgirl, the character the as the Sky God woman. That's what she oh. was called. Right. Okay. Uh, a lot of her character got cut out because um but she was apparently a really integral part of the film. Um which changed the ending. Um and they also had to get the comic um creators back to do a lot more animation stuff to fill in the gaps. So that's why there was quite a lot of that near the end. See, okay. Um but he also said that Bugger's cock, it was uh, ten inches. Um it did cost five thousand dollars and apparently it looked brilliant and the whole scene was very romantic, but MGM decided <laughs> no, it was too beast too much of bestiality in there. So <laughs> That's my start there. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I've got one. That's a new law thing one. for the podcast. Um, I was looking for the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. But uh, there's ah. one of them. I Is like there... it. Right, I, I like, like it. the Wilhelm scream. There's only yeah, one of the guy who oh, and... thrown off of the big truck. And going no, back to my um, things within things, I think there was three um, when I originally counted it. So there was Baywatch. Right. Uh, I can't remember. There was something else she said. She definitely mentioned something else, yeah. Just was... Batman. To the back tank or something, she said. Yeah, there was Batman. Yeah, yeah. and then there was the something The theme from else. Shaft was in it. The theme from Shaft. She was doing a bit of kind of being a... a like, it's, like yeah. it's, it's what you get when you can't get the Mission Impossible theme. You kind of get the Shaft music yeah. instead. So that, that was, happened. Yeah, which is like crawling up to the, the tank and stuff like that. But yeah, I, th- I think it was three I counted. But yeah, Baywatch was the big one. They actually mentioned it outright. <clears throat> I like the Wilhelm scream, Chris. If you be on Wilhelm scream watch from now on, we can add I that. Thought I'd, I, need, I need a hook. I need something. You do. You and need I a gimmick. Know it's that. Yeah, I like it. That's good. I, so I, know, I, fa- I know I have a five thousand dollar penis. So, <laughs> oh god, that's it. That's had his job in all films. He's looking for five dollar pe- five thousand dollar penises in films going forward as Andy. So we'll remember that one. Uh, point nine. We're coming to the end of the podcast now. So point nine. We have to think of what is the moral of the story. What what lesson has Tank Girl taught us? And I have a brief lesson. This isn't a moral, but the lesson. And it comes to a point that Andy touched on earlier on, which is, don't be the person who sacrifices themselves for either step one or two of a many-step plan. And that was the kangaroo guy who sacrificed himself to get those lights turned off, when he must know within the, the whole realm of what's going on, there's a lot more to happen, even if he gets those lights turned off. So that's the a lesson I learned, was don't be that one to sacrifice yourself early on. But my morals of the story I came up with was the actual moral of the film men are evil, I think that is the moral of the film, but my main moral I want to hit on is, if you are a lookout, actually do some looking out that is <laughs> oh, that's what I was going to pick <laughs> I was going to go for that so, my, my other moral is uh, I think in a kind of post-apocalyptic world that water's scarce we just all need to drink beer because they, they had a lot of beer in that film. Like she was even shooting at, at and that's how it killed her. <laughs> Malcolm McDill died because of getting a beer can basically to the head. So I think we saved the war, drink the beer, problem solved. I like it. <sighs> I'm not gonna lie, I struggled for a fucking thing. My lesson is just because a film can be made, it shouldn't be made. <laughs> Very oh, good. Harsh. 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 <laughs> oh well, that pretty. <laughs> Pretty clearly brings us on to point ten, uh, our rating out of ten. I before we run to this film, the current league table has Blade top of the table with twenty points, 
Chris's Doom. Chris's it's attributed to Chris. His movie Doom is bottom of the table with ten points. With Napoleon Dynamite, uh, not quite splitting the difference, but it is in the middle on seventeen. So the rating for Tank Girl. How about we go to Andy first since he picked. What is your rating for Tank Girl? It's a film that I kind of enjoyed. I'll happily rewatch again. It's not perfect, but puts a smile on my face, so it's a solid five. Okay. I'll go next. I'll leave Chris at the end because I feel like Chris is waiting. He can't wait since the get go. <laughs> <clears throat> I'll go next. I've just got very, very up and down with more downs than ups. Now, you gave it five. I was looking at five, but I thought, I don't think I like it enough to give it a five. So I've gone for four for a tank girl. Fair enough. And then here's the, the person who went into this film already angry. <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll try to give it the benefit of the doubt. It's a, it's a lucky three, and it's basically just because of the look of the kangaroos. That's it. Because <laughs> I thought, just the kangaroos turned the film around. It's a lucky three. It's a solid two, but it's a lucky three. That gives it a 12-point total, which means it is not the worst film ever made, which is still Chris's doom, um, but it is well down the table. Blade is still officially the best movie ever made. Um, so, with Chris giving it a lucky three... It is his turn to select something that we have to watch for the next episode. Chris, what are we watching next time? Yeah, out? four picks, come on. Oh, I'm yeah, bringing people back. <laughs> I've narrowed it down, yeah, I was thinking about this whole thing. I'm bringing them back with the prestige. Oh, that's one for mine. I was going to pick that later. <laughs> Good choice. Yes. Yes. I'm in. I'm there. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I've had like four different films and they're all all right, but I thought, you know what, I'm bringing them back with the prestige. We need, we need a good film. Yes. Uh, oh, I, I'm with you, Chris. <laughs> I feel like we're bonding here. We like the, <laughs> I didn't like Tank Girl, and you picked the one I was going to pick. So, yes, very good. Any comments, Andy? No comment. Have you, right. seen, have, have you seen it? Yes, a long have time ago as well. I, oh. the, I know, but we all saw Napoleon, didn't we? So it's the second film we, we, we have all seen, but... So please, join us next time for <laughs> apparently Andy's begrudging watching <laughs> of The Prestige. <laughs>